cross my Savior made me whole. We have a lot here. There's a lot in these scriptures. So let's jump in. We have, first of all, in our psalm, I praise you, Lord, for you've rescued me. God has rescued us from eternal death and suffering. Hell. He's rescued us from hell. But not just ultimate death and suffering, which would be hell, but He wants to rescue us now. Every moment of every day, God has a rescue plan in place. When you're impatient, God has a rescue plan right there, right now and then. He wants to give you patience. And so I'd like you to think about this the rest of your week and every day of the rest of your lives. The Holy Spirit can create patience in you in an instant. God the Holy Spirit is uncreated energy, meaning God is the source of all goodness. So God can create generosity in you like that. Just like that. St. Paul's reminding you, do you not know that your temple's of the Holy Spirit? God the Holy Spirit within you and I can create the patience of Jesus in an instant in our souls. The generosity of Jesus in an instant. The forgiveness of Jesus in an instant. The discipline to say no to my bad eating habits. God can give you that discipline in an instant. The purity that you need in an instant. But we got to ask God wants to rescue us and provide for the need. He's the supply. An endless supply of patience is available to you and I at every moment of every day, at every instant. But we have to be who we say we are. Sons and daughters of God. we got to be willing to ask our Father in heaven, which we have the ability to do because of our baptism, By your baptism, you have a right to the Father. You're adopted into God's family. We are sons and daughters of God in Christ through the power of the Spirit. We ask the Father, supply for my need, Abba. Father, our Father who art in heaven, give me the daily bread that I need, which is patience right now. So God wants to rescue you right now. Right here on the spot. Give me the grace to confess my sins. He'll create in you sorrow. He'll create in you contrition. He'll create in you courage and fortitude to be a light in the world. To leave this church and proclaim the beauty and glory and majesty of God. That's His plan. And you're a part of it. Do you not know the plans I have for you, says the Lord? Plans for the welfare, for your welfare, not for your woe. Jeremiah 29, 17. God has a plan for you. A good plan. But He needs us to take with our free wills to step into that plan. And that begins with acknowledging my need. What's my need? Okay? So God wants to rescue us. So what's that have to do with the rest of the Scriptures? Well, if we look at these Scriptures, God wants His Word his good news to go out. But he needs people for that to happen. He died, he rose, he ascends to heaven, sends the Holy Spirit so that you and I can be instruments of communicating the good news, the gospel, to the world. Vatican II and all of the documents of Vatican II were given to the church 
for the very reason of the laity, you realizing that your role and your purpose in the world is to sanctify it. You are called to sanctify the world. I feed you the eternal Word of God. I give you Jesus in the Eucharist. You come in here and recoup when you've fallen in the confessional. You get your life back in order. You know, I <clears throat> preach to you and proclaim to you and teach you with, with Father Stillmonks and the deacons. We proclaim, and Father Andy, we, we preach and proclaim so that you, and, you can come in church and be fed, and then you go out into the workplaces, into the highways and byways of wherever you're going this week, and you proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Okay, that's where we're at right now in these scriptures. The first reading is Acts chapter 5. This is after Pentecost we're reading about. The apostles are told, stop teaching in the name. And the apostles respond very boldly, are we going to obey you, men, or are we going to obey God? Let's weigh out this. Am I going to obey men, or am I going to obey God? So the apostles are like, we can't obey you. we got to obey God. God has told us to go out and announce this. And they're saying, you're spreading this guy's name all over Jerusalem. So you should be spreading the name of Jesus all over Omaha. And not just the name of Jesus, but Jesus is the church teaches everything she teaches in the name, the holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ. The church has authority in the area of faith and morals. And you're called to proclaim the faith in the moral life of Jesus to the world. So, the apostles go out in this authority and they are bold because the Holy Spirit came, right? Remember, the Holy Spirit creates in them a boldness, a holy boldness. And so they go out proclaiming this boldly, the name of Jesus, the life, death, and resurrection, the Paschal Mystery. They're proclaiming it to the world. Okay, now it says here, it can kind of feel in this census, it says Sanhedrin ordered them, stop speaking in the name of Jesus and dismiss them. It was like the Sanhedrin, those who called them in to, to intimidate. How about that tactic of intimidation in our world today? Don't talk about marriage between a man and a woman. Don't talk about contraception. Don't talk about the church's teaching on uh, the care for the poor or the, the uh, abortion or the uh, death penalty. Don't talk about these things. The apostles were like, who am I going to obey? You, news, or world, or am I going to obey the only one that can save me from death? We are called to be bold in our proclamation. Not hammering people over the head, but to hold up the beauty of marriage. Look how awesome. Wow. Every marriage is meant to reflect the beauty of Christ the bridegroom's love for His bride, the church. Wow. As male and female, we have this ability to image God in the world, to be fruitful, to bring new life. We're called to hold up the splendor and beauty of God. It doesn't help so much to talk about, you can't do this, this is why you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. It's more about if we live it and proclaim it through our bodies, the world will want it. We invite people into the splendor and beauty of God by the way we live our lives. The apostles are bold. 
So I'd like you to pray for holy boldness. A boldness and confidence in who you are and your call and mission to go out and proclaim to the highways and byways the beautiful truths of Jesus our Lord. So God has rescued us from cowardliness. God has rescued us from not speaking up. God has rescued us from not standing up. Because it says at the end of this first reading, the apostles rejoiced that they had been found worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of the name. Worthy to suffer. They rejoiced. I'm found worthy to suffer for the sake of the name of Jesus. It basically means if we don't stand for something, we stand for nothing. And what do we stand for? Not opinions, not ideas. We stand for what Jesus teaches, for what the church teaches. We stand for that. Do we always understand it? Are we always there? No. But we stand for it because we believe. That's what you're going to profess in a moment in the creed. So in our gospel today, we see Simon Peter being asked by Jesus, do you love me more than these? So I invite you, you could fill in your name for Peter. John, do you love me, Peter or Sally or Bill or Jennifer or Susan? Do you love me, Jesus is saying to you, do you love me more than these? Who's the these? He's talking about the worldly opinions, the thoughts. Are you ready, Peter, to lay your life down for me? Are you ready to be made fun of? Are you ready to lose your reputation? Are you ready to lose popularity for me, Peter? Because you're gonna. When you were younger, you, go, you went where you want to went. Don't even make sense. You went where you want to went. But when you're older, Peter, they're going to take you, bind your hands, and take you to where you don't want to go. Because Peter was crucified upside down. So we will participate in the passion if we are faithful to our vocation and our calling in this life. It's not easy. It's not going to be easy, and it never will be easy. That's why heaven is a reward for our faithfulness to the gospel. And so I think we need to recover in our church a little bit of this spit and fire and vigor in our souls and in our spirits. Like, the Lord's calling me. I'm challenged to bring the gospel to my workplace. And it's not going to be easy because there aren't going to be people that agree with me. That's the whole point. But it's how I respond to those that don't agree with me. I can't punch and kick and argue. I have to simply stand in a quiet, peaceful affirmation of what I believe and proclaim it with that love and gentleness. And God will, will speak to people's hearts through that. So I just challenge you, you know, Pentecost is in May coming up, but pray novenas to the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord to strengthen you and empower you to rescue you from a life that has no meaning or purpose. Because it's easy for us, like Peter in the Gospel, he's like, I'm going fishing. I could hear like Peter saying, like, guys... He's gone. This ain't working. I'm going back to my fishing career. This is... And they're like, well, we'll go with you, Peter. It's before Pentecost. We're all tempted to say, I'm just going to work. I'm just going to the store. No, you're not. You're going to proclaim the gospel at work. You're going to proclaim the gospel at the store. You're going to proclaim the gospel in your schools, in your workplaces, in your college, whatever. That's your first mission. Not to go to work, but to proclaim the gospel at work. Proclaim the gospel at home. 
So this is a great challenge for us all. We are blessed to be challenged, because if you're not challenged, you're never going to grow. We don't lower the 10-foot basketball hoop because we can't make the shot. We keep the hoop at 10 feet, and we practice until we make the shot. God's not going to lower the standard. He's going to keep it high. And that's because we have a need then for Him to supply. Kind of rhymes, huh? God keeps it high so He can supply. So let's, let's keep that focus as we pray the Mass, as we go out into the world, as we announce the Gospel, and not be afraid of the challenge of Jesus, but to let it be an invitation to a relationship with Him where we could see things happening to us that we know naturally is impossible. It's only supernatural that we can live the life of the Gospel. My Savior